Each of us has a purpose. We are destined to do something meaningful, not only to support our loved ones, but to positively impact our communities throughout the country. What do you think a private Christian education looks like? Grand Canyon University offers over 175 high-quality online programs across nine colleges. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Juro, three for five this, five this year. 36% for his career. Moves on in, and he scores! Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Pod Street Bullies Philadelphia Sports Network's flagship Flyers podcast. Myself, my name is Derek Bob. And I am John Gove. What's going on, everybody? Guys, we've got recaps galore this week, and it's going to be about the 2019 NHL draft, and we're going to see how these picks went. We're going to get opinions, myself and John included. We got a lot to touch on here because a lot. I mean, when you think about it, a lot happened. Yeah, man. I mean, this has kind of been my life all weekend. My wife told me last night I was, like, talking about prospects in my sleep. I wouldn't doubt it one bit. And I'm going to I'm gonna take, like, 30 seconds just to talk about the fact that John Gove absolutely killed it this weekend, folks. If you aren't following anything Philadelphia sports-related, Philadelphia sports network-related, First off, what are you doing? Second off, you missed out on just like – I was on Twitter all day because I was busy with my in-laws. But, man, wow. <laughs> like I, I literally felt like I was at the draft listening to what John was putting out there. It was phenomenal. So, John, thank you, my friend. That was well, a phenomenal job. Well, thanks, brother. I, I mean it was a lot of fun. You know, We've been building up for this for, I don't know, two months. So it was great to finally see all of that stuff come to fruition and uh, – I hope everybody enjoyed it. Yeah, and this was right up your pipeline. Like this is your bread and butter. You were you were the man when it comes to prospects here at PSN. And um, I guess without further ado, I say we get into this, huh? Let's do it, man. All right. So we all know. I'm assuming we all know what happened in the first round. Um, the Flyers had the number eleven overall pick going into the draft. We were watching the draft. And number 11 comes up, and instead of Chuck Fletcher taking the stage, it was Gary Bettman. Gary yep. Bettman announced the trade. We have a trade, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, hush, hush down. I'm, I, <laughs> I need to announce it. Um, they traded their first-round pick, number 11 overall, to Arizona. Arizona, yep. in return, got the number 11 overall pick. And then the Flyers got the 14th overall pick and another second-rounder to add to their stash with that pick the Arizona Coyotes selected Victor Soderstrom, which I, you know, I, I'm okay with that pick. You know, I don't think Philadelphia wanted Soderstrom, and I obviously could be wrong here, but move made sense at the time, right? Well, yeah. I mean, and especially for Flyers world, everybody's like, oh, okay, Caulfield's still on the board. Yeah, they must have known more than we obviously know, thinking Caulfield could slide. Mm-hmm. And, you know, rightfully so. And let's be honest. After those picks were made, he did slide. Yep. Yeah. He did. Yeah. I mean, because, what, Minnesota took Boldy? Yep. 
And then uh, Florida took Spencer Knight, and I was doing a little dance. Yep, we were. You were right about that. I just followed suit, so I can't really toot my own horn there. I can toot yours. <laughs> um, <laughs> but here's the the, the yep, biggest troll job of the of the draft. <laughs> Chuck Fletcher takes the stage. Everybody's like, "Here comes Cole Caulfield." You know, everybody's excited. Yep. Everybody's like, "Yeah, man, we're getting him." And, with the number 14 and overall pick, the Philadelphia Flyers select from the USNTDP, and everybody goes wild, and then yep. jokes on them, the Flyers Cam take York. defenseman Cam York. <laughs> yeah, man, I was sitting on, on my couch with my wife, and it was crazy because this was the first year like where my heart was thumping, because I had kind of convinced myself that I wanted Caulfield, and... You know, you're seeing him still on the board and you're getting all excited. And I have my wife all excited because she knows that Caulfield's going to get picked too. And then they go to Cam York. I'm like, wait, huh? <laughs> it's what? It's the, no. To foreshadow, that's the, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> that The pick had everybody, I mean, man, Flyers Twitter was just, it looked as bad as that explosion that, from a couple of days ago in Philly. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. It was bad. I mean, Flyers Twitter's. Flyers Twitter sucks, but I mean, you know, listen, we've said it before. Cole Caulfield was the sexy name, right? The Flyers needed a goal scorer. He was a goal scorer. It just, it made so much sense. And it's all, like I said, it's a name that has been drilled down our throats for like a month. Oh, for sure. You know, but guess what, boys and girls? Cam York is a pretty damn good pick. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, and to think we, like you talk about need versus best player available, like this is th- this could fall under both, honestly. For sure. I mean, and if you look at what was happening earlier on in the draft, there were a lot of teams that were I feel like addressing a need instead of taking the best player available. I mean, look at Detroit and Moritz Sider. No knock on him, but he wasn't the sixth best prospect nope, on the that, board. That shocked everybody. That was a move that everybody was like, Even him. what in the – yeah, you saw his reaction. I mean, he's like, yeah. "What? whoa, okay, you know. But, yeah. I mean, I guess to quickly touch, you know, he played 63 games for the national team and put up 65 points as a defenseman. Like, that's yep. – and in that type of environment where you've got guys like Jack Hughes and Caulfield, obviously, and Boldy, like, that's pretty good. You know, he's playing with good talent, and that's what he's going right. to be doing at the NHL level. So maybe he's not going to be a point-per-game player as a defenseman. That's They're few and far between. But having a guy like that on the blue line is great. Well, and he's, and he's super creative, you know, and yes. you love that because as he continues to develop and those skills get better, that creativity is only going to take him further. You know, he's everything that you look for in a defenseman in today's NHL. You want a defenseman that can produce offense on its own, on his own, that can drive the puck up into the offensive zone, doesn't always just need to pass it off to somebody else. He can play on the power play, but he's also disciplined on defense as well he's not just one of those guys who it's like all offense and doesn't know how to play defense yeah he keeps everything under control he's not all willy-nilly with his stick flying it around and just trying to knock the puck loose and tripping people in the process um they're the scouts actually too and i pulled two quotes from the black book here um dustin braxma of 
uh, hockey prospect actually said after Byram, he's the best defenseman that he's seen in this draft. Yeah. And then another defenseman, an NHL scout, actually, one of the team scouts said earlier, quote, earlier in the year, I was wondering where was, was the player we saw as an underager. Then he showed up again, my number two defenseman and in my top 10, end quote. Like those are some high praises there. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I actually I had the pleasure. I think it was December or January. I had the pleasure of briefly talking with Dan Hynote, who is one of his coaches um, for the USNTDP. And all he had to say was just great things. I mean, obviously, he's his coach, but he was just he really applauded just his overall skill in all areas. You know, he one of the things I can remember him highlighting was just quarterback of the power play. He sees him as somebody who can quarterback quarterback a power play really well. Um, and like you mentioned, man, after Bowen Byram, those other defensemen, they kind of could have been chalked up into one little, you know, 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D. There was no, like, glaring better defensive prospect than Cam York after Bowen Byram. You could essentially lump in Broberg, Soderstrom, and Sider. I mean, they all went before Cam York, and honestly, Cam York might end up being better than all of them. We I mean, Obviously, we don't know yet, but <clears throat> I think he's right. being put into a place where he can succeed. And the one thing that stuck out to me in a lot of the quotes about him in the Black Book there, uh, a lot of people described him as a Cali kid, like a California kid. And right. a lot of people know that's, you know, the laid back style. And I think that's going to come in handy because you, we all know how the Philadelphia media and the fans are, um, you know, and oh, for sure. he's going to need a mentality like that to kind of just shake things off and keep things moving along. Yeah. I mean, and then next year he's going to the university of Michigan. Um, you know, I think he'll probably spend two years there. There's no rush. No, absolutely. You not. know, we have youth on the blue line. He's not going to be somebody where they're going to be like, well, we need to get him to Lehigh Valley, especially because when you're with the USNDDP, it's it's challenging to actually gauge how well, a, how ready a player is because you play against college talent, but you also play against the USHL. It's and you are typically an all star team. Yeah. I mean, look at that. Look at that team. That team ha- how many at the end of the draft do you know? Oh, I think it was nine, if I'm not mistaken. In the first round, I think, right? In the or was first that... round. That's unprecedented. <laughs> yeah. Like, that. good for them, man. USA churning out some incredibly talented players this year. Yeah, I mean, so, listen, Chuck got a lot of flack for this pick. I mean, I remember you and me talking about it when it first happened, and you were, you were pretty upset, too. Yes, John talked me off the ledge here because I was pissed because I wanted Caulfield, like a majority of Flyers fans. But having put in a little bit of research myself and then listening to a man like John who's put in an immense amount of research, it made me feel much better. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and the reaction that happened made sense because your typical fan or the person who, you know, covers the Flyers isn't going to be looking into these prospects as deeply as somebody who's you know in a position like me so once i saw the name i was like oh okay i mean yeah they should have taken caulfield still in my mind but york makes sense yeah exactly and you know it's kind of where it's the intersection between where you draft the best player available and what you need because this could have well been the most 
the best player available, and it also addresses a need within the organization. Right, and we've said it before. There was so much parity in this draft where best available and need, you know, it depended on the team, you oh, know. Absolutely. So, yeah, so we, I kind of want to talk about Cole Caulfield for a second, though, because – I mean, everybody says, oh, nobody pays attention to size anymore. Uh, size isn't a big deal. Well, maybe to us fans, it's not a big deal. But to uh, management and teams, it's still a big deal, boys and girls. If size wasn't as big of a factor as we make it out to be, the fans, the, the you know people like us, Caulfield would have gotten taken in the top ten. I have no doubts about that. For sure. I agree with you 100%. And if you listen to some of the interviews from general managers, when they drafted guys, they would go, oh, what did you like about this player? One of the first things out of a few general managers' mouth, depending Mm -hmm. on the prospect, was the size. So they like those bigger players. Oh, for sure. You know, and that's – I get it. I understand why you like the size because size typically means they're harder to knock off the puck. You know, and they're stronger in the board battles, you know, the physical aspects of the game because it is a physical game. But at the same rate, look at guys like Johnny Gaudreau who are putting up 99 points this past year, you know, like consistently putting up basically point per game performances every year. Johnny Gaudreau is like, what, 5'7? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like those guys are still in hide demand in this league. Patrick Kane's not a big guy in stature by any means. You know, it's oh, I, I completely <laughs> agree with you. I all I'm saying is that GMs seem to still be favoring size at this point. And I, I personally don't see anything wrong with that, but at the same rate, you know, let's say Cole Caulfield ends up being the next Patrick Sharp. You know, how many of these GMs from 1 to 14 are going to be like, man, I shouldn't have weighed size as much as I did? Yeah, no, you're right. I just just don't think they're there yet as a league. And I mean, and we could talk about how the Flyers passed up on them, but a bunch of other teams did too. Yeah, there's 14 other teams that if it comes true and Cole Caulfield ends up the next Patrick Kane, there's 14 other teams in the league, that's half the league right there essentially, that are going to be kicking themselves thinking, man, I could have had that guy. Right. So now that you've had a few days, how do you feel about Cam York at 14? Oh, much better. I think you, like I said, you definitely talked me off the ledge. But um, seeing the the points that he put up with the USNTDP this past year, seeing the scouting reports, seeing these people speak so highly of him. Um, and especially considering, you know, right now, Lehigh Valley, we're kind of, I shouldn't say depleted, but we're getting there on the blue line. So right. having another high end prospect, um, it really is going to pay off on that, on the defensive end, you know? Well, yeah, we have no more high end. Well, had, we had no more high-end D prospects. You know, that's why we took York. Yeah. Now, we have a couple that are waiting in the wings to sign their ELCs, presumably. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, those are variables, and we can't bank on that. Um, and none of those guys, Derek, I'm sorry to cut you off, but none of those guys, you know, were first-round picks. Like, a lot of these guys were 
mid round. Look at Kalanuk was a seventh round pick. So yeah. there's a lot more uncertainty to that. You know, this is somebody where you're like, okay, we're taking him in the first round. He's going to be something in the future. Yeah, this is a. I'll, I'll say it now, set in stone. You know, this is kind of hey, we've got this high end guy. He's going to be a part of our franchise eventually, and he's going to be a big part of this franchise moving forward. Yeah, you know, it's interesting seeing some of the comparisons, right? I've oh, Brian Brian Leach. That's man. I'll tell you what. If we can get <laughs> a guy like that, who? Yep. Man, yep. I'd be happy. <laughs> I would be too. Yeah. So I guess if there's nothing else to touch on here, we're going to move on to the second round, which there was a trade again. Um, the Flyers, there were a few trades in the second round. There were. Um, and, and, you know, this one, we'll start with the Flyers trade, and then we'll, we're actually, what do you think? What should we do? Let's get the other ones out of the way. Yeah. So on the second day of the draft, we had really three, three main trades. Um, the first one, the biggest one, P.K. Subban got sent to New Jersey for two defensive prospects and two second rounders. Yep. Man, <laughs> I've been I've been on here before and said how high I was on Subban and how I really didn't think that we'd have to give up a King's Ransom for him. But right. good Lord, man, I feel like Nashville got fleeced in this trade. Well, the big reason was because they didn't have to retain any salary. Oh, for sure. They they said they were willing to uh, soak up like $3 million of his salary, which, you know, is still a third of his salary. But not having to eat any of that is a huge advantage for them. Right. I mean, if you're looking at this trade on the surface, you know, people will get up in arms. But if you take a second and think about it, the Flyers could not have made this trade. They don't have the two guys to send over that way that Nashville probably would have liked. Oh, I'm not even thinking that. I'm thinking that they wouldn't have been able to take on his salary 100% without trading somebody like Ghost. And it didn't seem like Nashville wanted anybody in return. Oh, you're right. And uh, With a substantial contract. According to our stats guy, Connor Bolgard, he says right now the Flyers have $21.4 million dollars in cap space, but they have the RFA still right. seemingly we're leaning towards maybe one of the prospects jumping up into the third winger spot, which another day, another story I'm okay with, right. but we also have to get a backup goalie. And there's essentially, you think about it, four to five RFAs to sign. Two of them will come cheap. Three of them are going to be <laughs> a little more hefty. Um, right. So it's, there's still some work to be done for Chuck Fletcher here. Um, so the Subban deal, really, unless they would have taken Goss to spare, it wouldn't have worked. You know, and that's something I can live with, honestly. <laughs> yeah, well, the New Jersey Devils just got a hell of a lot better this weekend. Yeah, I'm not thrilled about it. Our buddy, my friend Ryan, is a big Devils fan, and I don't want to hear any crap out of him. God. Yeah. Oh. Did you see that? Did you see that video that uh, PK Subban put out where he was thanking the fans in Nashville? I saw it briefly. I didn't uh, see the whole thing. Oh, it was funny because he's like, "The only thing I've got is this Red Bull hat, like the New York Red Bulls. I don't have any gear yet." And then he takes this like uh, rock, like Dwayne the Rock Johnson symbol, like coffee mug. He's like, "This kind of looks like a devil." Oh, the Brahma Bull. 
Yeah, yeah, it was really funny. <laughs> he is, and that's the thing. Like, he's a funny guy. He would, he's going to be perfect for that market, the New Jersey, New York sure. market. I mean, good for him. I'm happy for him. I think he's a great guy. Um, kind of guy I'd like to hang out with for a night. You know, hey, PK, if you're listening. Yeah, DM give us me. a call. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> regardless, I think that, you know, like you said, New Jersey definitely got better. And it's not good for the Flyers. Um, right. But, you know, until they really solidify their forwards as well. You know, we'll see how Jack Hughes does. Um, he could be yeah. phenomenal, or he could take his lumps adjusting to the NHL game. But we'll see. You know, I'm not really worried about them, like as much as I'm worried about the Pens or the Caps. But um, it's getting up there. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, the next trade was what? That was uh, Marlowe, right, to Carolina. Yeah, Patrick Marlowe got traded to Carolina. Carolina, or not? I'm sorry, not Carolina. Toronto is unloading cap right now to yep. probably address the Marner situation, which they did. Marlowe was counting for about $6 million, I think, against the cap. Um, mm-hmm. And they got – they didn't get much in return, but they gave up a first rounder because Carolina presumably will buy out Marlowe. Um, yep. I love Marlowe's message to Marner and uh, Austin Matthews. Like That was really cool. I have no idea what you're talking about. He just basically thanked him. Um, it, but it was like a real heartfelt thank you. And like, Oh, nice. I, I'm sure he was very pivotal in their development as well. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, a guy like Patrick Marlowe, you know, he's, those guys don't grow on trees. Um, right. But, you know, he's getting up there in age. And I think Toronto was like, okay, this is where we can kind of cut our losses here. And thanks for your service. And, you know, hopefully you can keep playing if you'd like. Yeah, he. I mean, I think he only keeps playing if he can get into San Jose. I agree, and I think San Jose. They, I man, it's going to be tough for them to retain Pavelski because of that Carlson contract, eleven yep. something million a year. Oof. Yeah, boy. If Pavelski went back, there's no way Marlowe could go back because of the cap situation, unless he took a ridiculous pay cut. Right. I mean, he's going to have to anyway. I mean, he's going to pretty much play for peanuts just so he could do one more year, I think, in San Jose. Yeah, and if he gets bought out, you know, that's – I don't know what his contract looks like. I think I said he's making about $6 million a year, so he'll probably get 2 or $3 million just for being bought out. So yeah. he could probably afford to sign on a lower AAV-type contract there. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, that's I mean – one of those, you know, and then the, uh, the only other move – that really, you know, was something of value was the JT Miller trade to Vancouver. Um, something kind of lowbrow, just Tampa right. unloading JT Miller. Yep, because they got to do the same thing and sign some RFAs. Exactly. Braden Point needs signed. Uh, Ryan Callahan actually had some very unfortunate news over the weekend. Um, it looks like he yeah. may not be playing hockey uh, from uh, here on out, which sucks, man. I, I hated him when he was with the Rangers, but you can't deny the fact that that man was a class act and he was a phenomenal hockey player. Yeah, it's just a crappy way to go, you know? Oh, terrible. You always want to go out, if not at the top, close to the top. Or on your own terms, at least. It, absolutely. You know, I couldn't have put it any better. But, you know, our, all of us thinking about him, you know, hopefully he's, hopefully everything works out and he does, he's okay. Um, but, you know, that the Miller trade obviously makes sense if you're Tampa Bay. Vancouver as well, they could use some experienced forwards. Yeah. Um, then we get to the actual picks. Philadelphia made a trade as well. Um, and this trade included, they 
Philadelphia traded their second and third rounders later in the round to Nashville and got Nashville's second rounder. Nashville's second rounder was the 34th overall pick. And John, would you like to announce who they chose with that pick? My man, Bobby (laughs) Brink. I was so pumped. Earlier that day, I I don't know if I was talking to you or talking to Jamie, but I was like, I want to see the Flyers trade up and grab either Brink, Kaliev, or Lavoie. Um, I've I've been high on Brink for a while, and yeah, I was so pumped to see this happen. You know, he has a some people compare him to somebody that they also compare Caulfield to. It's true. Saw size. Yeah, well, no, but the Brinkat. Yeah, oh, that's if, yeah. I'm sorry. If you if you look at his black book um, description, they mentioned the Brinkat's name like five or six times. Oh yeah, I mean he. There's so many players that they compared to the Brinkat, and for you know good reason because the Brinkat was that undersized forward. Right, but like but, I mean, yeah, dude, he killed it in the US, USHL last year. 35 goals, 33 assists. Dude is a wicked shot, and he shows up in big moments. I mean, he there there were a few games where he had game winners. There's a nine, one great one. Nine not. game-winning goals. There's one video that I've seen a few times where he just rips a shot from right before the point, and it goes right in, and he does this, like, flocking bird celebration. Oh, uh, yeah, I want the uh, – what is it? Um, Birkow- not Burakovsky. Um Kuznetsov from the mm-hmm. Caps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just pumped about this kid. What I like is he is known to be like the driver of his line. He His line mates play better when he's there. He was hurt for a little while this year, and his line mates struggled without him, which of course stinks for Sioux City, but it shows you just how much he means to the people he's playing with. That's the type of guy you want, though. The kind of guy that can drive the play. The kind of guy that makes his line mates better around him. You know, that's Bobby Brink could be a phenomenal NHL player if that translates to the pro level. Oh, for sure. I mean, his knock is the skating. <laughs> the oh skating. no! <laughs> Here we go oh, again. Oh no! Another <laughs> Matthew Strom. Here we go. <laughs> it's either it's either skating. Or work ethic. I feel like I watching the draft yesterday. It was either this person can't skate or this person works. Uh, work ethic is bad. Just like to stop it. I mean, he's gonna be fine. I don't think he's ever gonna be a phenomenal skater, but he'll he'll be fine. Yeah, but I mean, that comes with time too. Like, put the guy on the ice, let him practice, let him do his thing. Like, the skating can come to him. You know, it, right. more time on the ice is gonna equal better results. Right. I mean, and he's going to the University of Denver, and he's not going to be a Farabee. He's going to take some time. Yeah, and you know? so be it. We have Farabee. So, right. you know, he's got some time to develop. But Chuck Fletcher making this trade to then go get Brink just kind of like showed everybody, okay, he, understand, he understood that we also needed to get a scoring winger too. Yeah, and he addressed and he, it. Right, and he knew he could get one later on in the draft. I mean, I don't think anybody really expected Bobby Brink to fall the way he did. But I guess, you know, Fletcher was banking on someone falling. I think he probably looked at that pick and was like, oh, man, 
like Brink's still there, like why not? And I mean, Nashville, right. uh, obviously Hextall and Poyle had a really good relationship based off of trades made in the past, but you know, Fletcher made that deal and man, as soon as I got word of that deal, I was happy too. Like I was jumping for joy like yourself. I was that's the scoring winger that we could use. You know, we need somebody with that shoot first mentality that can score and we've got enough guys that know how to pass the puck. Like give me somebody who knows how to shoot it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to make a bit of a bold statement here. Bobby Brink is going to be the draft pick that everybody remembers Chuck Fletcher by. Oh. This is going to be his best draft pick. That's juicy. Ooh. Maybe, and maybe maybe he's he won't be like a Cam York could possibly be a top pairing defenseman someday. But that was the first round. Yeah. This is going to be second round USHL type guy had to you know trade it up to get him. I think he's definitely going to be a top six top six winger at some point. And this is going to be the pick where people are going to be like, oh, wow, this is what Chuck Fletcher did. They got him at 34. Hockey Prospect had him ranked at 15. Like that immense value. Like that's a huge value. Um, Getting him basically at double what he was ranked, um, the position wise. But like, I mean, even like the scouts you see, and like you said, the main detracting factor is, you know, the size. But like their guy, the one guy goes, this is Mark Edwards from Hockey Pro or Hockey Prospects. He goes, there's this, is, there's another player I love in next year's draft who's always, who's also lacking in the skating department. Some ugly skaters can still be great when they are so high end in all the other facets of the game. Um, when you're as good at scoring goals as anybody else in the draft, and your skating's the only thing that lacks, it still blows my mind that this guy slid to the second round. I know. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't surprised by Kaliev. I was surprised by this. Absolutely. I think Kaliev, the biggest knock on him was his work ethic, and that's a big knock because you want a guy that's going to go in and do his work and do what he needs to do to succeed. Brink's got that already. It's just his size that's holding him back, and the kid's 18 years old. You know, he'll, he'll get bigger. Um, right. It happens with any 18-year-old kid. Eddie's got a cool name. Now Bobby Brink. We, now we have Wyatt Wiley and Bobby Brink. Oh, and they more to like, come. I know. I oh. know. I can't wait to talk more about the... The alliteration under- continues. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bobby Brink, Cam York, first two rounds, not bad. Correct? Um, I'm happy with it. Yeah. So, then we move on to the third round. and. Yep. This pick intrigued me, too, because you brought up a lot of good points. Ronald Adderd, uh, Tri-City Storm out of the USHL. He was drafted by the Flyers. The kid is a right-handed defenseman, 6'3", 207. He was, this past year, defenseman of the year and player of the year in the USHL with 64 points in 48 games. Yeah, I mean, I mean the, but the crazy thing about it, too, is you got to remember he's 20 years old. He's older. Yep. Because the first two years in the USHL, he had five points in 46 games the first year and 15 points in 50 games the second year. Now, you don't need to put up a ton of points as a defenseman, but the other aspects of his game aren't great. So he just took off this year. I did find a few things interesting. Uh, the one guy said that he's – according to the Black Book, which is what I base most of my analysis off of, um, he's very impatient and he'll chase the play all over the rink, which, right. yeah, that's not a good trait to have and have it lingering over you like that. 
But when you get the right coach to teach him how to play defense the correct way, all that coach has to do is say, listen, you have an assignment, and your assignment is to cover the guy in front of you as opposed to chasing the puck, even if it goes over to the left boards, if you're covering the right and vice versa. Just know your role. And I think that once he learns that, I'd put him up there with some of the higher-end prospects. Obviously not a Cam York, but like that second-tier, very low first-tier. Yeah, I mean, he's a project. You know, there are a lot of concerns that his style of play, like you mentioned, is not going to translate to the higher levels. So he needs he needs to be coached. He needs to learn. Hopefully, you know, he'll be coachable. Yeah. At 20 years old, I had a lot of learning to do, too. And I, I learned it sort of. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, we're still working on it. Yeah. But, but like, this, he's got great size, uh, too. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interject. No, no, there. no, no. Yeah, he does have great size. What I was going to say is this kind of started a theme for the rest of the draft for the Flyers that I really liked. Yes. They I don't started, know. Yep. They started to go boom or bust where like these these draft picks, they have something about them which could make them really good players. But there's a bit of an asterisk to them, which is like, well, they might not pan out. But there's like that glowing thing that goes, oh, man, I got to take a flyer on this guy. And that was kind of the theme for the next few rounds, which I love. I mean, what when you think about it, obviously, everybody knows most of the expectations surrounding a first round pick. Second round, still higher expectations. Once you get to the third, fourth, fifth and, and so on, like y- you kind of have that ability to take a flyer on somebody and. You know, this is a guy, he's the perfect example. Um, Adder would be somebody who has the ceiling of, you know, a possible top four pairing guy. Um, For sure. Top two pairing guy, I should say. I'm sorry. But, like, you know, it's it's worth the shot at that point. Like, why not? You know, no one's going to look at it and be like, man, they really screwed up in the third round of that draft. Like, that's someone, right. thing someone would say in the first round. Well, also, too, you have to keep in mind the fact that the Flyers have such a deep prospect pool also makes this like taking the boomer bust thing, you know, a little bit more acceptable. If you were a team that really didn't have a prospect pool um, worth talking about, you wouldn't want to take these kind of risks. But the Flyers have this luxury. Yeah. And I think that's obviously an enviable position to be in. Um, For sure. But at that point in the draft, that was a great pick. Then we move on to the fourth round here. Yep. And we take another defenseman. This time we take a left-handed defenseman, six foot one, 176 pounds, Mason Millman of the Saginaw Spirit in the Ontario Hockey League. Yeah, um, just finished his rookie year with Saginaw. Um, I mean, he's not much of a goal scorer, right? Three goals, 22 assists in 66 games. But he had a pretty respectful, you know, rookie season. There's just a lot to still be shown, I guess, with this kid. Yeah, and to the contrary of a guy like Bobby Brink, a lot of the scouts said that the skating of Mason Millman is what gets him drafted. Um, But that's good because, you know, his game is going to round out, and I think he could end up being, you know, at the very least a solid contributor in Lehigh Valley. Um, These you know, from the fourth on fourth round on, it's kind of a crapshoot. You never know. 
Um, you know, obviously Hextall did a really good job drafting, but you know, some of them still have to pan out. We'll see, but Millman's a good pick there, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing, there's no flash to it. I mean, he's probably one of those where this is probably the pick that I was the least excited about, to be honest with you, but it's no knock on him. It's just like, it doesn't, what I just got finished saying about that boom aspect of it. He doesn't really have that, but that doesn't mean he won't turn into a good hockey player. You're right. I mean, he could turn into, who knows, you know, he could turn into a great hockey player. But at the same rate, you look at this too. He played in the GOJHL Mm -hmm. and in the Western. He was the rookie all-star team back in 2017, 2018. And he was named most outstanding first-year defenseman. Now, that's kind of like the minors to the juniors, I believe. I could be wrong here. But, like, it's a good sign. You know, he showed that he excelled at that level. So he's capable of excelling at that next level as well. In my mind, I hope so. At least. Right. Yeah. I mean, what you're hoping for next year is that he just gets an increased role with Saginaw. You know, he just needs to keep increasing his responsibility with the team that he's on and just see how he does. Yeah. You know, if he does, great. If he doesn't, then, you know, there's always another year, I believe, because he's 18. He'll play when he's 18, 19, and 20. He's got some time. Uh, he'll For be sure. a project as well. But then moving on to the, let me double check here, sixth round, because the Flyers did not have a fifth round pick. They gave that up in the Niskanen, no, not Niskanen deal. No, not, that was the Hayes deal. The Hayes deal, yes. They traded that fifth rounder to Winnipeg. Uh, sixth round, the first of two picks. The Flyers took right winger Igor Serdiuk, um, and I'm probably horribly butchering that name. He played for the Victoriaville Tigers, the Tigres of the QMJHL. Um, kid's got some flash, man. Uh, yeah, I love this pick, especially for sixth round. I mean, QMJHL all-rookie team, most goals scored by a rookie last year, most points by a rookie last year. What's not to like I, you'll hear crickets out of me. <laughs> um, I, I did get a little bit of reading in on him too. And the one thing that stuck in my head was that a lot of scouts said he had a very deceptive shot, which is tough for the goalie to track, but mm-hmm. another knock, his skating is quote average at best, which, Hey, okay. If that's the biggest knock you can find on the kid, I'm, I can live with that. Right. Especially after just one year in the queue. Let him work on it, man. I think that this pick could turn out to be a steal. Yeah, he was a point per game player with Victoriaville there. Like, if the skating is gonna is what's gonna hold him back, imagine if he rounds that out. Like, what's he gonna do at that level? Yeah, I like this pick, man. I mean, there's not a whole lot to say at this point, but I, I you know, he's somebody to keep an eye out for. Oh, for sure. And I apologize ahead of time. My dog's going crazy. I'm sure you can hear it. Um, I can. <laughs> This the next pick in the sixth round here had me really intrigued. It it it, it had me kind of guessing because I'm like, why would we take this position? But mm. it, I can rationalize it here, and uh, I will in a bit. But Roddy Ross, goalie out of the WHL, played for the Seattle Thunderbirds. Um, I really like this. Yeah. Well, tell me why. Tell me more. Tell me more. Oh, 
God. There's our daily dose, uh, weekly <laughs> dose of John Gove singing for us here. Um, you know, but... <laughs> hold on. Before you do this, I kind of hope that he spends some time in the ECHL because I think it's the only place you could get get away with something like this. But I'd love to get, you know, Stephanie McMahon in there and go, Rowdy, Rowdy, Ross. You know how big of a wrestling fan I am. <laughs> I know. That's why I did it. I'd like to hear Vinny Mac say it, though. Like, oh, that big growl. Like, you know how he'd tell people they were fired? Like, you're fired. You know, that's what I want to hear. Like, Roddy Ross. Like, that'd be <laughs> phenomenal. Um, but, yes, Roddy Ross comes from the WHO. Um, he played essentially a half a season with them. Um, mm-hmm. And when he showed up, he was the he was literally the Carter Hart of the Seattle Thunderbirds. He showed up midway through the season, carried that team into the playoffs with a .919 save percentage and a 2.76 goals against in 25 games. All these scouts have to say about him is that he's just extremely athletic. There's a lot of raw talent, but that yep. can be sculpted into a really refined goaltending prospect and potential you know, goalie at the NHL level. Um, but like they're saying he makes these flashy saves and he's great when he's being peppered with these shots. And that, that's great. That's a phenomenal news because you want goalies to succeed when they're under duress For and sure. the athleticism surely helps him. But like the flashy saves, they're great, but it also, it's also a characteristic of being somewhat out of position, which can obviously change and he can, like I said, refine his skills and not have to make those as often. Um, but this is a really solid pick for the sixth round. If that's the kind of guy we're getting in the sixth round, Chuck, Brett Flair, great job, guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously goalie, right? You look at Carter Hart and you look at all of our goalie prospects and go, is this really necessary? But at the end of the day, you can't have enough of these guys in the pool. You know, yeah. if you end up if you end up not needing him and trading him, fine, whatever. But you never know what's going to happen down the road. Um, yeah, this was a great pick. You pretty much said everything. So, and I mean, you think about it. This is kind of like that second tier, like the second wave of goalies prospects. Because sure, Ustamenko, Urson, or Urson will be next year, but Sandstrom, um, they're all going to be coming over to North America. Um, it might take it might take Roddy a little bit to get there, but at the same yeah. rate, it's like there might be a spot open for him within the organization at the time he's ready to come over. Well, I mean, the reality is, is because he's a part of the CHL, he can't unless he's on the NHL team, he can't um, he can't join Lehigh Valley until he's twenty. Well, yeah, I know that. I know. Well, so he can't really like come over unless he's gonna. <laughs> Don't talk NHL. down to me. <laughs> Sorry, no. Derek. I know what you mean. No, I, I understand. I think that, you know, he's 18 years old right now, so he'll get two more years in the WHL. I think yep. that'll be maybe not enough time, but enough, enough enough time to have him kind of refine his game, get a full season under his belt because he, came, he only came in halfway through the season with, uh, with Seattle there. Um, Flyers will get a better idea of what they've got in him when he's got a full season under his belt. For sure. Yeah. So sixth round, that caps that off. Um, seventh round, and you are you like this guy, and I do too after doing some research as well, but take this one away, man. You've got this. 
dude, this is exactly what you want to do in the seventh round. So they take Bryce Brzezinski, um, Minnesota high school hockey, baby. I mean, it's big time. The gauntlet. You know, it's not it's not like Thayer Academy where they're playing, you know, other, you know, rinky-dink teams. Sorry, Thayer Academy. I don't mean to hurt your feelings. <laughs> but, like, Minnesota high school hockey, like, these, they sell out every game. It's insane. It's like um, football is in Texas. Right. So, just real quick, he played 23 games for Blaine High last year. 76 points in 23 games. Over two points per game. Average. What? Right? But that's insane. That's over three. Actually, that's over three points per game. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong number here. Yeah. I. You know, I mean, and then he, he played some time with uh, Omaha Lancers in USHL. It, it wasn't 76 points in 23 games. Only 17 and 19. Only but, 17 and 19, though. Like, that's right. for a kid playing right. at the USHL level. That's not bad at all. No, I mean, and he's going to the University of Minnesota. He's, you know, staying in his home state. People are going to be behind him. And I think he has a really good chance of making an immediate impact with the University of Minnesota. I don't see how you go wrong with this pick. Oh, for sure. I mean, this is a phenomenal pick. He was named USHS High School, Minnesota Mr. Hockey. Mr. Hockey. That's a oh man, that's a nice title. Um, USHS All USA Hockey First Team and USHS All USA Hockey Player of the Year. That's every player in high school hockey. He was the best. Like that, yeah. For seventh rounder, man, low risk, high reward. It's the definition of that. I mean, essentially, dude, isn't this like taking J. O'Brien in the seventh round? Pretty much. I mean, you know, the prep league is a bit different just because prep leagues can right. recruit. But, like, right. regardless, like, you're still getting a phenomenal high school player in the seventh round. That's incredible value. Well, that's the thing. I mean, he could he could stink for Minnesota. And who cares? He was a seventh round pick. Right? Yeah. And, like, to I guess... The one knock on him, and I'll give him. I, I kind of under. I can. I can understand this. Dustin Braxma from Hockey Prospect said he tore up the Minnesota high school uh, league this year, but it was a weak conference, and he's a 2000 born with size. He can shoot it, but his skating hasn't progressed like I'd hoped. That there's that skating, you know, knock on people. He goes. I don't think his feet will allow him to get into positions to utilize his shot at the next level. Again. Something that can be worked on, something that can be refined, something that will come with time. I'm not, and especially as a seventh round pick, if it doesn't, whatever. If it does, exactly, bonus, exactly. And that's what I why I said these boomer bust picks are fantastic for the the mid to late rounds because there's something about most of these guys where you go, wow, like you could, they could be great. Yeah, you know, there's something that stands out, and I think that that really made this draft. Yeah, obviously, as the rounds are small, like you know, between the third to seventh, like third round, it's a little more risk than the seventh round. But like, for sure, these are very high reward type picks. For sure. Yeah. So the the pick, I mean, I've got no qualms with it whatsoever. I think no. it's a great pick. 
Um, well, and one quick thing, the fact that you can get excited about a seventh round pick is what's cool because typically it's like, oh, all right, whatever. But like I, I looked when we drafted this guy, I mean, I didn't know him before we drafted him. Sorry, I'm not that good. Um, <laughs> but the minute I looked at him, I was like, oh, wow, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I mean, when it can, when Chuck Fletcher can make a seventh round pick and get somebody excited, he did his job well. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. the only other trade that happened, which I'm gonna, I'll tell you what, we'll do this first. Um, we're gonna intro our wait what segment here. What the? F- this is a minor wait what because it's this is the third straight year it's happened but it's still it's like it's interesting and i feel like there's more to it um Mm -hmm. the philadelphia flyers sent their seventh round pick this year to montreal for their seventh round pick next year this is the third straight year that this has happened and i think like this is just the the gm's way of like having a little bit of fun because what it does is essentially yeah like it makes Minnesota's pick this year in the seventh round kind of expendable, and it makes the Flyers pick in the seventh round Montreal. next year. Montreal. Montreal. I'm sorry, not Minnesota. Good Lord. We just got ta- done talking about Minnesota. My yeah. apologies. It makes Montreal's pick this year in the seventh round expendable, and next year it makes Philly's pick in the seventh round kind of expendable because you swap picks. Yeah. It, it's it's a weird move, but like it, – It is. Yeah. Like I just – I don't get it. But it's kind of funny to me. I just like for three years straight, this has happened, you know. And I, I mean, I, if this was a if this was a one and done type year, I mean, I could just tell you that the draft lasted a little bit longer than it was supposed to. Chuck took his first seventh round pick and was like, you know what? I really don't want to do this anymore. I just got off the phone with John. John doesn't want to write up another article. <laughs> Mo- Montreal, you interested? And they just like, yep, let's do it. Why not? But this well, is the it, third straight year. <laughs> right. I know. It's a, it's a weird thing. But whatever. So overall, how do you think we did? I mean, obviously, it's initial initial reaction because who knows? This one for me is getting a B plus. Um, it, it's not an A just because it's tough. But I think that the mentality – of of Chuck Fletcher, like you said, those high like boomer bust kind of guys, slides it down a bit because it shows somewhat of a reckless approach. But because of the prospect pool the Flyers have, they're they're allowed to have that kind of approach because of the prospects that they do have in the system right now. Um, the only thing holding it back from being an A would be the fact that. You know, still in my mind and in my heart, I hold that soft spot for Cole, Cole Caulfield. Um, but it does not mean I'm upset with the pick of Cam York. No, I, I totally get that. You know, and it's funny because I'm actually going to give this draft an A for almost the ex- like opposite of everything you said. You're a teacher, though. Like, aren't you supposed to give A's out to only the people who, like, really deserve it? No, not in a private school, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Probably shouldn't have said that. Um, anyways. <laughs> a- anyways. <laughs> Maybe we could edit that part out. No, I'm kidding. Um, the reason I want to give it an A, again, is kind of the opposite of why you wanted to give it a B plus. Um, first of all, I think that if they drafted Cole Caulfield, I would have eventually felt the same way. I think there, 
I would be excited about the goal numbers, but there'd still be that whole, okay, but is it going to translate type thing holding me back? So although Cam York's not the flashy name, I still am very excited about that pick. The Bobby Brink pick is also what boosts it. I think he, I think Chuck really killed the first two rounds. I don't really care what everybody else has to say. And then I love that boomer bust mentality because of the depth of our prospect pool. You know, yeah. it really shows me that Chuck Fletcher looked at what we had and goes like, I don't need to go the safe route here. I can take a few risks. So to me, it just shows that he was kind of looking at the whole picture and I kind of appreciate that. So I'm going to give him an A. Okay. And that honestly, I, I've got no qualms with it. I think that's a great grade. I think that, you know, B plus and A are almost interchangeable. Right. Well, let's be honest. <laughs> I'd be happy with either. But um, I think that I also kind of, kind of factor in the fact that New Jersey gave up a dime to get a, a nickel. Or not a nickel, a quarter. I'm sorry. Good Lord. Yeah, I know. What in PK Subban. Um, but at the same rate, we talked about this before we went on air here. You know, did the Flyers really have the pieces to make that move? Right. Yeah. I mean, I I'll be honest with you. I didn't even factor in like the trade stuff. You know, I um I was a little nervous when they announced that the Flyers were trading the 11th overall pick. I was right. I was like, the 11th and Ghost for what? That got me sweating too. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, listen, it would have been great to bring in somebody like Subban, but. The deal wasn't there, you know. I I feel like on on days like deadline day or the draft weekend, you run the risk of making dumb trades, and at least that didn't happen. Yeah, if you could be Kyle Dubas sitting there on two separate phones, you know, trying to strike two separate deals. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the picture right. or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, <laughs> I did. Yeah, but, but uh, I think if you take away that. Which, at the end of the day, really, I don't think that the move would have made sense because, one, the Flyers have a ton of people on the blue line right now. Um, you know, what what are you going to do if you yeah. add a Subban? You know, it, it, the blue line in the NHL level would be phenomenal. But right. then you have a log jam at the bottom pairing and the guys you're going to send back down to the AHL. Right. Um, one last thing on the draft and uh, I hope nobody takes this the wrong way, but I just want to say it really excites me that we've taken so many Americans and having so many players go to play college hockey as being an American and somebody who covers prospects. Just the USA hockey um, has always meant a lot to me. I've, I've always been really behind it, and it's just great to see the program develop into what it is now. I mean, that USNTDP, just phenomenal all the players that they were able to put into this draft. And it's just cool to see that it's no longer just the CHL and Canada producing elite hockey players. So, I mean, my hat's off to USA Hockey. It's fantastic what they've been able to do with this program. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Because, I mean, how many years has it been where it's like, okay, you know, number one picks coming out of the CHL, the OHL, the QMJHL, you know, any kind of right. Canadian or foreign hockey league. And, you know, this year it was all about America. <laughs> yep. Which is great. I think Siri heard that one. Sorry about that. I know. <laughs> I was going to say. Siri sucks, oh. man. I'll tell you. But, you know, yeah. I think overall, obviously, for the Americans, it was a great draft because you got, I, I believe, and I could be wrong, it was nine. 
uh, to round out the first round, and then even more, you know, Bobby Brink obviously being one of them. Right. Uh, later yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, the flyer, the Flyers themselves got four. Yeah. You know, yeah. Americans, not all from the USNTDP. Yes, I mean, Roddy was an Amer. He is an American. You had Roddy. Roddy is not. Roddy's not. No, he's from Canada. My apologies. Yeah. Ronnie Adderd. Ronnie Adderd. And then Bobby Brink, Cam York. Yep. And Brzezinski. Brzezinski. That's right. I'm sorry. I obviously didn't do that much research this week. Um, But (laughs) this was a great draft. And I think that, you know, Chuck's first impression on this fan base right now, if anything, should be a positive one. Um, You know, obviously discounting the trades that he's made thus far, um, he's made some progress. And I think that the team is definitely, if it wasn't set up for success in the future, it definitely is now. Yeah. No, I agree, man. Yeah. I'm happy with it. Oh, for sure. Now, I guess moving forward after the draft, we've got free agency coming up starting July 1st. Um, yep. Still have some RFAs to sign as well. Um, what's the you next? You get a little nervous. You get a little nervous about Provorov. I, the only reason I'm not getting nervous is because Eklund keeps tweeting out about him being a <laughs> trade guy. And I'm just like, you're an idiot. Stop it. Right. There's no way the Flyers are trading Provorov. If the Flyers do trade Provorov, and that's a big if, I will eat my crow. Rightfully so. Right. But I really just, like, how? How do you trade Provorov? Seriously. Yeah, I mean, eight by eight, brother. That's... Yeah. But, like, are you going to give up on a potential franchise defenseman? Because he's that age and wants... I mean, you essentially lock him up for $8 million a year in his prime. Eric Carlson's past his prime and he's making eleven. No, I... Listen, dude, I, I got you. I don't think we should trade him either. I just... I think 8 by eight's a little obnoxious. It is. I mean, for an RFA coming off of an entry-level deal, sure. You know, but think about this, too. Braden Point, Mitch Marner, Miko Randon, mm-hmm. they're all coming off ELCs as well. That Mitch right. Marner darn well is going to anticipate probably upwards of $11 million a year. Right. Well, Provorov is not Mitch Marner. You're right. Now. And they're different positions. So, I mean, he can't really do that. But I don't know. I mean, it's it's a little bothersome because I feel like he's the reason we're not signing the other ones. Because I think Chuck wants to make sure he's got enough cap room to do it all. Yeah, but, like, at the same rate, you know, could you lock up a guy like Sanheim for cheap? Not cheap, but, like, cheaper, obviously. He's not going to garner as much as Provorov. But, like, do that and just say, hey, if you're Chuck Fletcher, you're looking at Provorov's camp saying, hey, this is how committed we are. We're bringing Sanheim back because he could potentially be your your defensive pairing guy. And, you know, we want you to come back. But does that put too much leverage in their camp? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and could Sanheim's agent be like – Hey, let's wait to see what they do with Provorov because, you know, we can – no, we're not going to say you're Provorov, but at the same time we can say, hey, like we expect at least half of that. Yeah. It's that scene from – was it what is it? Reservoir Dogs where everybody's got a gun pointed at someone different. Right. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's the, the, yeah. first shrew, the first shoe will drop. I, you know, who knows what it's going to be. I think – honestly, I think Konechny signs before they do. 
Um, and then I think like Lawton and Hartman will come after Sanheim and Provorov, but I think it'll go Konechny, then either or Sanheim, Provorov, and then Lawton and Hartman. Yeah, I mean those two aren't priority right now. I mean no. they'll they'll wait. I don't think Fletcher's worried about losing them. No, Hartman will get maybe one point five, and yeah. then Lawton might get more. He might get two. You know, we'll say right. that. But also, you know, Fletcher doesn't want to throw money at them and then run out. <laughs> essentially, right. and that's why I think that they'll probably be the last guys, and they'll be like, okay, so we've got four million dollars to play with, and we've got you two to sign. You want to sign right. for two each? You know, who knows? Yep. And then you, and then you're just addressing a goalie. I mean, I don't think free agency is going to be very splashy anymore. No, I think the trade market might be the best route to go if you're Chuck Fletcher, but right. you also have to give up something. And I think that might be where like all these Flyers fans are like, let's trade Robert Haig. Let's trade Robert Haig. Like, what? Why? Like, he's got no value on the trade market. You pair him with a second round pick next year, might have a little more value, and you get a decent backup. So maybe that's sure. the route they go. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're we're probably diving into uh, free agency a little bit more next yeah. week, right? We're going to try to get a big old preview and maybe even get a guest on. Yeah, we're definitely going to work on that, getting some other insight, because you guys have listened to both of us for way too long. Um. Yeah, hey, I mean, <laughs> and, and first of all, thank you to everybody who kind of stuck with us on this draft coverage. We, um, we decided to take a bit of a risk and dedicate pretty much a month to talking about nothing but the draft. So uh, thanks to everybody who kind of stuck with us on that. But at the same rate, too, like this is a big time of the year for draft coverage because you've got these kids right. who are, you know, vying for that top spot, obviously solidified with Jack Hughes. But like when you get past the top two picks, this was a, a jumble of players that really anybody could have gone third, fourth, fifth, sixth, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it was an exciting draft and hopefully next year will be just as exciting. Oh, for sure. Um, should we do some wait what? I, I just got through mine. Oh, that's it? That's, that's yours? That's, I mean, we. I, I could look through some stuff real quick. No, that's fine. I, yeah, I kind of got have two. One. I do have one. Okay. But we'll, okay. I, we'll do this again. I'm going to play the intro. What the f***? So, folks, this is our official <laughs> Wait What segment because John needs to get his word in. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I've got two, and one of them is fun. We already kind of mentioned it. And the other one is a rant. So do you want to go or do you want me to go? You go. Buckle up, folks. John Gove's got the floor. All right. So first one, I'm going to wait what goes to alliteration and the Flyers draft. I mean, pretty freaking weird, all the players that we got that have alliteration names. Bobby Brink, Bryce Brzezinski, Mason Millman, Roddy Ross. I just feel like we're getting it, you know, to we're going to start a roller derby, not a uh, a hockey team. But that that was just fun. My real one, my wait what goes to Flyers Twitter. <laughs> Honestly, it is like the cesspool of the universe. I don't know how these people just go throughout their day without just hating everything it did not matter what the flyers did this weekend or what they didn't do this weekend people were pissed off you know the suban thing happens and they're just like this is a disgrace 
other teams DM me because I need a new team to root for. Um, they just don't think about anything. And then they're also like, well, if we traded the prospects we have, I'm going to be pissed. But if we don't bring in, you know, proven NHLers or flashy names, I'm going to be pissed. They're just awful. I can't stand it. Well, Flyers like, Twitter is a cesspool. <laughs> it's just it's disgusting. I mean, I'm sorry if people, you know, write to me or tweet to me and I don't reply. It's just because I can't get involved in that junk. Yeah, it's it's bad, you know, and good Lord, the overreaction and the fact and I'll go a little serious here for a second. Um, when the Flyers announced their pick to Cam York on Twitter, they tagged Cam York in the tweet. There was just a ridiculous and unsubstantiated amount of hate sent his way. Guys, come on. Like, be better. It's, Good God. He's right. 18 years old. Right. It's just, it's pathetic. It's sad. It's pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I mean, like, you can, you're allowed to have an initial reaction. You're allowed to feel the way that you want to feel if you actually feel that way. But I feel like most people just, they need to complain and they need to get a rise out of others. And even some people who claim to be media, and I think some, you know who I'm talking about yep. having reactions like this. It's just – it's pathetic. It doesn't set a um, a high precedent. I don't think this person really cares. But um, yeah, just like Derek said, be better Flyers Twitter. Yeah, like it's enough that this guy's just engulfed in the fact that he got drafted in the first round of the NHL draft. Like that's a dream for anybody right. growing up playing hockey. Like this guy's living it and then you guys are all here, you know, pooping on it. Like, come on, be better than that. Don't be jerks. Right, and then you wonder why people don't want to play there. Right. <laughs> um, I guess, so to go off of my weight what here, I'm going to paraphrase this because, one, this is a repeat offender here. <laughs> um, we won't name names, but there was somebody that uh, reached out and said that they think a deal could take place between the Flyers and the Buffalo Sabres. Hint, hint. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> it's Sabres, Buzz. Um, <laughs> again, they said something about Marco Scandella for Shane Gostisbehere. Let me be the first, if not the first, one of the many to tell you, Marco Scandella is garbage. If you <laughs> ever came to me and offered him for Shane Gostisbehere, I would first slap you in the face, then laugh, then slap you in the face again, a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time, then walk away. And I wouldn't say a word to you. Yeah, that's, well, there you go. That's ridiculous. Like, come on. I kind of have an image of what Saber's Buzz looks like. Like that, the person. I, I, please, indulge me. I'm thinking at least 350, right? Mm -hmm. Wears wears gray t-shirts with the cut-off sleeves and like faded logos. Like they probably all said Budweiser at one point, but you can't see it anymore. And for some reason he's got like a reddish, like a like a brownish reddish beard and mustache um that's quite unkept. And he's sitting on his couch with his cell phone in one hand a natty light in the other, and he's just eating buffalo wings off his belly, just tweeting out this stuff. 
You literally just described me, but 140 pounds lighter. Oh, and a flame hat, like a Walmart flame hat. To top it off, you just yeah. explained me about 140 <laughs> pounds lighter. <laughs> no, but it, it, on a serious note, you're you're an idiot. <laughs> if you're listening, you're serious, an idiot. On a serious note, I hate you. Yeah, on a serious note, seriously, go <laughs> blank yourself. That's stupid. Ah, God. I read a lot of – we both read a lot of dross on Flyers Twitter, but good God – if that's what like peak Buffalo Sabers Twitter is like, I'm so glad I'm not a Sabers fan. <laughs> yeah, it's just got a few. It's got a few more tears in it. Yeah, good. You deserve it because that guy's a douche. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Where do we go from here, man? I I think we we say our goodbyes and go off into the sunset. I'll be honest with you, man. And I think I'm deserved. I'm so tired. Yeah, John Gove needs like seven naps <laughs> in one day. Like the man put a ridiculous amount of work into just draft coverage. And it was, like, I'm serious, and I've said it uh, in the intro of the show. I'm, I'll say it now again. I'll say it three more times before we sign off. John was the guy to follow. Like he did a, such a phenomenal job covering this draft that like I, I, I'm having a hard time putting it into words right now. I know you're making me a little nervous. About what? I don't know. You're just making me nervous, man. I know. I'm starting to the... look out. I'm starting to look out my window, like see if you're out there. I don't get no, good internet reception out you. that way. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no. And in, in, in all seriousness, uh, thank you. And just to give everybody kind of a an idea of what's going to happen next with me, because the draft coverage isn't done. You know, I mean, I put out these little articles giving everybody, you know. A snapshot but um over the next few weeks i'm going to look more in depth on all these prospects um give you a little bit more of a scouting report but i just i just need a day or two before i start doing those things yeah john is the guy to go to for prospects but just give him like a day or two let him kind of right. just decompress relax you know then he'll be right back I'm at going- it like he always has been <laughs> i'm going to the beach tomorrow oh well long yeah, beach with, with a with a Long's Beach? Long, not Long's Beach. What's the, the beach you mentioned Jones, yesterday? That, Jones, Jones Beach. Jones Beach. Yeah, you know they mentioned that in the movie Big Daddy? Did they? Like, yeah, the the, the dad of Adam Sandler is like, you go to Jones Beach and get hammered, da 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 um, Yeah, it'll be nice. It's going to be me, my daughter, my wife, and Elaine Vigneault. Oh, dream vacation. You know why. Yep. I hope you brought your you know knitting why. sticks. All the... <laughs> Yep, my special water knit sticks, man. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard, I'm coughing right now. Good lord, uh, we're it's not. We're gonna, gonna die. Folks. We're gonna it's sign off. Gonna we're gonna sign off before you get into another underwater basket weaving joke here. <laughs> <laughs> but folks, this has been the Posture Bullies. Uh, John, first off, before we sign off, can you tell us where we will be able to find you here? Uh, nowhere the next few days, but no, um, in all seriousness, <laughs> at, at John P. Gove on Twitter and all of my stuff is on Philly Sports Network, as well as other great, like big flyers, NHL flyers coverage from our just awesome team. Yes. And I am Derek Bob. I didn't contribute much to the draft coverage aside from on here, but you can find me on Twitter at PuckBobPSN and folks, again, I'll plug this as well. Our our whole team, not just John, not just me, but like 
Jamie and Yareev and Ryan and Alex, our two new writers, uh, they they did a phenomenal job this weekend uh, with the draft. Uh, so please feel free to give us all a follow. You can find us all at P- Philadelphia PSN, Philadelphia SN on Twitter. Jesus, it's definitely we need to go to sign off. Yeah, <laughs> again. <laughs> This has been the Pod Street Bullies, folks. We will see you next week. Have a wonderful week ahead. Bye now.